0: Hey, what's up? It's Zach Neal. You are listening to Daily Gold, where I share motivation and inspiration for personal and professional growth. Also, be sure to check out my guest format podcast, Recomposer, with yours truly, where I host entrepreneurs, artists, and winners from all walks of life who share their success stories and advice with you. Enjoy. So it happened, guys. Something people have been predicting for a decade, something scientists have been talking about for two decades, something economists and entrepreneurs and business people and podcasters and all varieties of fuckers like myself have been talking about for probably the last four or five years is that because we've had great prosperity, there was going to be a downturn coming. There was going to be. A recession, there was going to be a slowdown, there was going to be an economic crash, something. And scientists have been talking about the possibility of pandemics for years. There have been summits held. Bill and Linda Gates held a summit in October in New York City with a hypothetical coronavirus pandemic that would wipe out millions of people and shut the world down. And here it is upon us. Is it bad news? Fuck Yeah, it's bad news. (laughs) It's bad news for as of today, the over 100,000 beautiful human beings that have died from this virus. And I want to be clear that I don't care if those people were 105 years old, or one day old, their life had value and meaning and they were important and valuable to someone and inherently as human beings, they were important and valuable to me. And so I feel their loss, I feel their death, I feel the pain of their loved ones, and I am very, very empathetic to that suffering. I wanted to make that disclaimer because this is not a podcast where I usually talk about fluffy shit and get too emotional. We talk about winning, we talk about business, we talk about flipping tragedy into opportunity and that is not going to change that's what I'm going to continue to talk about but I do not want to discount the loss as of today in the United States over 100,000 God made beautiful wonderful people who have now died because of this awful virus and there is no excusing any lack of empathy from that conversation. The economy is not worth the death of one person, let alone the death of a 100,000 people. My financial stability is not more valuable than the lives of human beings, okay? I want to get that out there. I like money, and I like business, and most of all, I like to win and be happy, but aside from that, I value life and the human experience above all else, and money is just paper, my friends, so I just want to take the first three minutes of this I'm sorry to ramble a little but get that out of the way so now we can talk about what I want to talk about okay the real shit here is that this is a fucking tragedy it is a travesty it is flipping industries decimating businesses and guess what my friends it's creating a whole fuckload of opportunity for you and I there is going to be opportunity for every one of us who chooses to see the opportunities and chooses to, to not only see them, but utilize these opportunities. And it's not going to be for the rich and it's not going to be for the poor. It's going to be for everybody because there is going to be opportunity at every turn. I'm going to give you some quick examples. Okay, if you're in some of these industries that I rattle off, then you already know what I'm talking about. You already know it's true. If you're not, you might want to consider getting into some of these industries that I'm going to talk about. But right now, we have so much growth in certain departments, in certain um, provocations in this country. Certain job fields have grown exponentially because of this and will continue to grow And new job opportunities and new career paths and new entrepreneurial pursuits are going to keep popping up. But right now, I would urge you in your own town to try to find a landscaper. Try to find one that can come and do any work for you. Chances are you are not going to be able to find one that's booked any less than four or five weeks in advance. And I'm talking about the Gomer Pyle motherfuckers who suck and have two-star ratings and can barely get jobs six months ago are now booked three months in advance because everybody else ahead of them who's a little better, has a better rating, is booked three or four months in advance. People in the construction industry, home improvement, remodeling handyman services all of this blue collar world of service work that was not closed or shut down by coronavirus is thriving i know this personally because i've tried to hire some folks to do some work at my own home and i can't get arrested my friends i cannot get a contractor to come and the ones that can come say glad to give you a free estimate, Zach," but can't even think about starting your job today is may 30th okay May 30th, 2020, and I had an estimate this morning on some very light work. A roof repair on a barn and some decking added on to the back of a home. We're talking about something that would normally be two days of work, three days of work tops for these guys. Love to do my job, but he can't even consider starting it until after the 18th of July. (laughs) My friends this is a guy who told me from his own mouth this morning that he usually is booked this time of year two weeks to three weeks in advance not six to eight weeks to ten weeks in advance that this is unbelievable the boom in their industry because people are spending money on these services they're getting all those jobs done shit well since i'm stuck home might as well get that remodel done might as well redo the bedroom might as well add that deck on or landscape the yard this is just an example. I'm not telling you to pivot into being a landscaper. I mean, maybe fuck it. If you like that kind of work or you're interested, maybe you should, but I'm saying that these industries are thriving. So for people who had a side gig or a hustle, or maybe there's a guy or a girl that used to be in that business or has some skills, you know, they have some of the skilled trades. You have some experience in that stuff and you're looking for a side hustle right now, brother, sister, now is the time to put that side hustle to use. Get your ad up in Craigslist. Get your ad up in the local newspaper or the classified section on Facebook. Get your ad up locally for the service that you offer. If you're sitting here out of work or if you're, if you're still working but you're looking for a way to make some extra money or get weekend work, I guarantee you anything from power washing to basement and attic cleanouts to lawn mowing and lawn care painting remodeling any type of skilled trade that you can do in those worlds you can win at big time here's the second part of that guys there's more work than the current providers can handle you know what that means that means that there's not enough qualified service providers to handle the amount of work that people are trying to have done which is why they're backed up months but i guarantee you that there are lots of qualified people who know how to do this type of work They just don't run their own crew or run their own business or have business insurance or any of the necessary. So they're looking for jobs and they are getting jobs working as subcontractors for some of these folks. But if you didn't know anything about this particular business or had the skill yourself, but you had a head for business, you could certainly put an ad on Craigslist or put an ad on Facebook Marketplace or put an ad wherever that you would place your ads. Indeed, hiring specifically skilled laborers and you could decide what skills you wanted them to have landscapers lawn care professionals roofers remodelers drywall people carpenters painters etc you could list and you could put your own crew together and you could create a side hustle a side business right now get yourself some business insurance if check your local listings to so see if you have to be licensed or have a contractor's license or make sure your subcontractors have their own insurance you know go through go through your do your diligence make sure you have all your i's dotted and your t's crossed but it wouldn't be that hard i know it wouldn't because i could probably set this business up in an afternoon and have it functional in 48 hours so i guarantee you could do the same or better okay because i'm not the smartest person in the world here you could do it and you could get a side hustle going where you could just own a contractor handyman service right you'd get some business cards made up <laughs> online for 20 bucks you could put them up at the local Home Depot on their little bulletin boards. You could advertise on Facebook Marketplace. Um, you get your subcontractors to send you pictures of work that they've previously done. Create yourself a Facebook page. Get your some social media going in an Instagram, whatever, and start promoting and start marketing it. And before you know, you have a job that requires you to work from home. Okay, follow me here. You're working from home. You're not leaving, you don't have to leave, you don't do shit except write checks. You provide insurance and you provide the marketing and advertising for some subcontractors. Oh, and by the way, pay your subcontractors better than everybody else is paying them and you keep them. So if the other guys are usually giving your subcontractors 15 bucks an hour, you give your your subcontractors 18 bucks an hour, right? You have nothing to lose because it's not costing you anything. This is like a no cost business to get into. You're basically just like a placement agency for laborers you find these guys work and you send them out on the jobs, or if you're going to do a job split, whatever it is, if it, if it boiled down to you only made 10% of the total job and profit for yourself, think about it. You're making 10% for really doing nothing, answering the phone, sending guys out on estimates, just basically you're a call center and appointment center for this stuff. Now there is some risk in in this example, there is some risk. You would have to uh, be careful about the quality of work. Okay. You'd have to guarantee your work so you're gonna have to have a couple different guys if one guy fucks up and does a shitty job or tells a customer to go fuck himself i mean you're gonna have some liabilities here that you're gonna have to cover to make sure you have insurance all these other things but is it a lucrative business yeah it's a lucrative business because i know for a fact that the guy that i met with today was very forthcoming was willing to tell me that his business right now is making about thirty-five thousand dollars a week they're not building houses they're not doing new construction this is all skilled labor work. This is like bathroom and kitchen remodels. This is like everything from power washing decks and like lawn care and landscaping to like repairing roofs. So it's like small handyman work all the way up to small to mid remodel work. And he's doing 25 to $35,000 a week right now, okay? Now, this is a small operation, it's a four-man business. It's this guy, his brother, and two subs. Now, he's got some other subs. he's hiring to try to, you know, do more work. But so this is one avenue of business. OK, this is a place where there's going to be boom and growth still. Second thing is, if you are one of the people that was fortunate, fortunate to have saved money before this and you were still able to keep that savings, a business savings or a personal savings, it doesn't matter If you have some money, not rich, if you have some money, we're talking, when I say some money, I mean $5,000 or more dollars that you will be considered expendable money that you could invest into something or do something. There are going to be some sweetheart deals, my friends. There are going to be some deals like you have never seen in history ever in your lifetime and will probably never see again on real estate rentals possibly real estate purchase but i don't know about real estate purchase i'm not a real estate guy but real estate rentals leases are going to be soon they're already starting to come down i can tell you a deal that i scored (laughs) it's unbelievable a space that i am taking for a small cafe i'm an ice cream parlor we started off at five thousand dollars a month is what the landlord wanted i offered fifteen hundred and got it Okay, we went from $5,000 a month, which is what this space was going for, in February to $1,500 a month in May because of what's happening with restaurants. So the restaurant and hospitality industry is decimated. I know this better than anybody because I'm in that industry. Okay, I'm balls deep in that industry. Sorry to be crude. It's just the truth. I am way into that industry, okay? <laughs> We've been decimated. We have been closed since March 17th. And St. Patrick's Day was our last operational day in Los Angeles. And March uh, 14th or 15th was our last operational day in New York. And we are completely fucking shut down and out of business. Decimated, okay? Landlords cannot get money. ...from these restaurants because the local governments have suspended evictions for an entire year. I don't know if you know too much about this and I don't want to ramble on the specifics of this... ...but I'm going to give you a quick rundown of what this means so you understand why it's so beneficial for you. The governments, local governments, state governments, even in some cases federal governments... ...have suspended evictions, commercial evictions on properties where coronavirus has impacted the business... For one year in any of these businesses, okay, the eviction process for not paying rent takes quite a while. It's not like your tenant doesn't pay rent for two months and you have them out. At minimum, if you have a, a lawyer and he's fast, he or she is fast as lightning and can file papers and the court system is not too backed up, you're looking at a minimum of six months to get a tenant out of a space, okay? Six months before the court will be able to actually force. An eviction on a business out of a commercial space but more than likely realistically it's nine months to one year that it actually takes to get somebody the fuck out of a commercial space okay there's follow me now there's already a one year suspension on evictions whether you pay your rent or not they can't evict you for a year then once the time comes they can't even file the paperwork for a year that year will begin in march okay well we'll it'll be it'll be a year next march okay They could file that paperwork in March. At that time, it will take them another year to get you out because the court system is going to be so backed up with landlords trying to file these eviction notices that these businesses would realistically or hypothetically be able to just sit there and pay no rent for two years, 18 months to 24 months. They will be able to sit there and pocket all of that money and pay their landlords nothing if they wanted to. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't be scumbags. But a lot of people will, and that is the leverage that these businesses have with the landlords right now. So we are negotiating with landlords at an unfair advantage, really. The landlords don't have a leg to stand on with the tenants because the tenants can simply say, I want a reduction in my rent, and I want X amount of months free, and I want all this help and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't give it to me, then I'm going to pay you nothing, and I'm just going to sit here and collect my money when I reopen, and I'm not going to pay you shit for two years, and then I'm just going to leave and move somewhere else or close my business we don't want mass closures of businesses and we don't want a bunch of people trying to move that doesn't make any sense see because it's it doesn't work it's like it's like uh the domino effect you got one guy leaving a space to go to another space it's just everybody's just going to be like musical musical spaces nobody's going to know what the fuck's actually going on so landlords don't want that the government doesn't want that it's no good for the economy so the landlords. They want the tenants to stay, so they are going to do something that's called force It's in mostly every contract and lease, and it means that in circumstances like an act of God, something completely out of control, the two parties have to renegotiate the terms to fit the circumstances, that they have to come to the negotiating table and renegotiate their contract or their lease. So here's what's happening, okay, I'm sorry, I'm rambling again, but I want you guys to understand how valuable this is. What I'm giving you is actual fucking gold. This is the first daily gold episode I've done in months. And I'm telling you that what I'm giving you right now is actual fucking gold, okay? So pay attention. This renegotiation process goes one of two ways between the landlord and the tenant. Either the landlord knowing that the tenant had a weak business maybe, before this even started, they were barely getting by, they were late on the rent, they might not have lasted another year. If the landlord smells the blood in the water and the tenant knows after this, also, keep in mind this is a fact that we need. To, we need to know. You need to keep this in the back of your mind. Thirty percent of all bars and restaurants in this country are not going to come back from this. That means they are going to close and never reopen. Thirty percent. I want you to try to imagine how many bars and restaurants exist in the United States. Okay? Then I want you to get an idea. Think about your town where you live. Think about if you could even count the amount of bars and restaurants in your town. Uncountable. Even in a small town, hundreds, thousands, right? Just in your town. (laughs) Imagine 30% of them are never turning back on. What do you think happens to that real estate? That's what I'm getting to. So the negotiation with the landlord and the tenant goes one of two ways. Either the landlord knowing that the tenant's not going to make it or the tenant knowing that they're not going to make it. They come to an agreement where the landlord just lets them go. He lets them out. He basically just says, you owe me nothing. I'm not returning your security deposit, but you owe me nothing you can get your stuff out, move forward, no penalties, no personal guarantees, nothing's coming against your credit. I'm just going to release you, but you got to be out in the next 30 days, got to move your stuff out and leave the space in good condition. In some cases the landlords are even negotiating to return some portion or maybe the whole security deposit if the tenant agrees to leave peacefully and get their stuff out and leave the space in good shape or leave some of the equipment behind like hey, I'm going to try to rent this out as a restaurant again. So I'm, you know, don't gut the kitchen. I'll give you your security deposit or a portion of it back if you leave everything intact and just leave it furnished and move out, okay? The space that I was talking about that I'm getting for $1,500 a month, the fucker's pre-furnished. It's got a full kitchen. It's got furnishings. It's got everything you could want in it already. Pretty amazing. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to this. So that's the first option is that, or the second option is the landlords are negotiating terms with the tenants to stay, but under some sort of serious renegotiation. Like you used to pay $10,000 a month for rent. Now you're going to pay $4,000 a month for rent for one year and then 5,400 for the next year. And you know, long-term two and three year recovery deals where the businesses have the opportunity to, to regrow themselves. And there's, so there's all these different things, but it's usually one of two ways. The landlords are letting the tenants out just so they don't have to go through the hassle of not getting rent and all that stuff and giving them like basically incentive to say, listen, I'm not gonna fight you, no court, no lawyers, no drama. Just get your shit and get out. We we'll call it a clean slate. That's what's happening in 90% of the cases. The other 10% of cases there's gonna be about I'm talking about when businesses are not coming back on. For businesses that are trying to stay turned on and trying to stay open, those businesses are all 90% of those businesses are doing renegotiations on their lease. Now I want to ask you if you, you don't you don't have to know a lot about real estate to understand this. What happens when of restaurants are doing renegotiations on their leases with their landlords that brings down their base rent. In case you haven't figured it out, it means the overall value of all commercial leases goes down nationwide. Now, landlords and real estate people are going to fight this like a motherfucker. They don't want this to happen at all, believe me. So they're going to do anything to avoid base rent. They'll write. They'll use force majeure and write in clauses and addendums into the leases that does not adjust base rent, but it gives like a a reprieve. Like, no, no, you're still paying eighteen dollars a square foot or twenty five dollars a square foot. You're still paying whatever you were paying before, but we're going to give you a a one year reduction in rent, and we're going to call it, you know, a subsidy, something because they don't want to ever go on the record and say that they are reducing base rent, because once thousands of landlords reduce base rent, it means that every place is worth less now. The guy before you was paying $30,000 a month in rent, and now you're paying $15,000 a month in rent, which means that the McDonald's next to you that you know closed, that space used to be $25,000 a month, now it's going to be $12,000 a month. See what I'm saying? It brings down the value. So they don't want that to happen, so they're fighting against it by not reducing base rent by keeping base rent listed at what it was and not budging on it but what i know and what you now know is behind the scenes regardless of whether they're actually on paper or in public reducing base rent they are 100 percent going to take 50 cents on the dollar for most of the commercial spaces available so what does this all boil down to it means that not today guys not on may 30th 2020 but I would say by June 20, I mean, I already scored a deal, right? But by June 30th or June 20th, by next month, these deals are going to become more and more prevalent because what's going to start happening is, as we all know now, the world is starting to reopen. Economies are reopening. Restaurants are turning back on. When the restaurant and bar industry starts officially being allowed to turn back on and you, you see the decimation because you see the amount of places that don't turn back on, there's going to be a fuck ton of empty real estate with liquor licenses, with equipment, with furnishings, with all this stuff, and everybody is scared to death of the (laughs) restaurant. Guys, people were scared to death of my industry before this shit started. Restaurant industry is like being a professional fucking poker player, except you probably win more often on poker than you do on restaurants. It's already a sketchy business. It's already one of the most high-risk investments that you can make. That was before COVID-19 came and pissed all over the industry okay so now landlords that have commercial restaurant and bar and club spaces it's gonna be like you know having fucking smallpox blankets okay you're not gonna be able to move them these landlords are going to be thinking about pivoting pivoting their spaces that's the word of the month right pivot 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 they're going to be thinking about how they can pivot the spaces to make them not Restaurants. I've already had a couple landlord friends of mine ask my advice on what do you think this could be? And I said, What are you going to pivot to? Retail? Guess what else was decimated from coronavirus? (coughs) Excuse me, retail. Retail has been fucking decimated by coronavirus. Online shopping is at the highest it's ever been. And believe it or not, I know it's probably hard to believe people listening to this podcast and myself. That everybody wasn't doing what we've been doing for the last couple years, which is shopping on Amazon and shopping online and buying 90% of our goods were already hooked up with online shopping and Apple Pay and all the beautiful things out there. But but it's true, more than half the country still shops at retail. I mean, look, we all still do some retail shopping, but I'm talking like more than half, half or more of our entire country was still doing 95% of their shopping at retail. From clothing to groceries and everything in between, they were going to the malls and the strip malls and buying all their stuff, you know, in stores. Now, because of this and everyone being home for three months, everybody is online shopping. Your grandma is now online shopping. Everybody got an Amazon account now. Everybody's using Apple Pay. You see what I'm saying? The world has changed. So retail is fucking decimated. Most of these retail stores, even the big chains, are not going to turn back on. How can they? Who's coming? Who's coming? if you're the fucking nike outlet right (laughs) you're selling sneakers for the same price or even a little more than what you can buy them on online and get them delivered to your house and not have to run the risk of being exposed to a virus how are you going to entice people to come into the store i tell you what unless you've got fucking michael jordan down there lebron james down there signing autographs it's going to be real hard to get people excited about going back to the nike store after this okay and i'm not shitting on the nike store i like the nike store But I'm just saying, the reality is, is what do they have? Limited edition shoes, new releases where they can get the lines outside. Maybe, but that's not, you can't support a business on the fucking new Jordans or the new LeBron. You can't support a business on that shit. Fuck no. So what does this all mean? What am I rambling about? It means that real estate, commercial leases, as they pertain to restaurants and bars are fucking over. They're decimated. They're fucking toast, done, kaput. All right? landlords are scrambling to figure out how they can repurpose their spaces into other things all they know is they could repurpose them into retail bad idea retail sucks not going to work because retail is also decimated office space absolutely not Uh, really office space after this we all just found out that we can do our jobs from home for the last three months who needs an office space i just got rid of my new jersey office gone I've had it for years, right in Toto in New Jersey, beautiful office. I picked it because it had a giant tree out in front of the window in the main lobby, and you see this beautiful tree, and the leaves in the, in the summer, and the leaves in the fall, and they change, and it's fucking five minutes from New York City, and it's a great rent. My landlord is awesome. Getting rid of it. No one's going to fucking use it. No one's using it now. Coronavirus put an end to any use of that office, and now I can't even imagine why I would need it going forward, because now all my staff is working from home. They're all work from home and they do a great job. I get more productivity out of these folks from home than I ever got with them in the office. At home, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm out like, one of my partners like, yeah, I'm out riding my motorcycle, just doing some leisure work. I'm gonna do a little landscaping later in my yard. <laughs> then I'll do some uh, design work for you, send it over. And dude, sending me shit at like one o'clock in the morning, cause he's not on a nine to five schedule. He's on, he's at home. And it's just like, yeah, I need some designs, bro. I got you. Okay, so we're not going back to offices. So what does this all mean? Restaurants are fucked. Retail's fucked. Office space is fucked. Do I mean 100% fucked? No, of course not. I'm still in the restaurant business and all my places are turning back on. Guaranteed. And we're going to do better than we ever did. Why? Because we have less competition. 30% of us aren't going to survive. Rest in peace, my friends. I feel bad for you. I really do. You have my empathy and my sympathy on your misfortune. I really mean that wholeheartedly. But because of that... The rest of us that survive, the 70% that survive, are going to benefit because all of us are going to be 30% busier. I just want you to look at it that way. When 30% of your competitors go out of business, you become 30% busier because there's 30% less choices. You're not going to have 30% less patronage of restaurants. I'm sorry if anyone out there honestly believed the lies that were going around that people are not going to go back to restaurants. Full of shit. Because restaurants... Provisionally reopened last night in Los Angeles, and my business partner, Walter Mosley, went to a restaurant last night, and he said it was fucking packed. And he was at uh, Huntington Beach, California, during Memorial Day weekend, and he said that the restaurants ran out of food by 5 o'clock. They couldn't serve them because they were out of product. People have not lost an interest in going out to eat, even with the virus. So once the virus is cleared, which, by the way, it will be, sooner than later, much sooner, much, much sooner than later, this virus is going to be over, Right? And then when the world feels safe again, people are going to go crazy for restaurants. So what I've always preached on this podcast, what I've always preached on all my podcasts, what I always talk about is doubling down on your strengths and fuck your weaknesses, double down on your strengths. My strength is in hospitality. My strength is in hospitality and nightlife, food and beverage. I am in that business. I'm an entrepreneur in that field. I'm going to do better next year than I have ever done in my entire life. 2021 is going to be the absolute best year of my entire life so far up to that point, personally, professionally, financially, because of the onslaught of business that I'm going to be able to do. I know that it's a fact. You can set your watch to it. I'll be podcasting a year from now saying, look, I told you so. What does this mean for you? We talked about like the blue collar day laborer kind of stuff and those like Just as examples, some of the pivots you can do. What it means now is, I I asked you 20 minutes ago if you had any money you could invest. This is the time. If you had an idea that you ever wanted to be into the space of having a commercial lease for anything, I don't care what it is. Whether you want to do a gym, an escape room, a restaurant, a bar, a club, a sewing shop. I don't give a fuck what it is. If you have a business idea that requires a commercial leased space. This is your time to get that space for the best deal that you're ever going to see in your lifetime. I promise you some of the bigger landlords with deep pockets are going to try to sweat this out and they will not reduce their prices. this is not going to be a universal fix. Okay. There are giant groups out there that have billions of dollars of real estate that are not going to, they're just going to say, fuck it. They'll just hold the properties and let them sit empty until they can get what they want for the properties. But The majority of landlords, 70% are not going to do that. 70% are going to adjust without reducing base rent, which means you're going to sign some lease that still says you're going to pay $30 a square foot or whatever the fuck the landlord's asking, but you're not going to pay it for two years. There's going to be some deal like that where like the first two years, you're going to be paying like some reduced rate, $10 a square foot or some, you know, bullshit rate just to get the space rented, right? Right. And then after that, it's going to go back to regular rent. But this is the time where you can make a lot of money. So for me, I can tell you what I'm doing. Is I'm always very transparent with this stuff. I let you guys know what I'm doing before I do it. I want you to be able to win too. So if you if you like what I do and you see what I do is valuable, feel free to copy, okay? I am going around and finding my poor brothers and sisters that have been decimated by the restaurant industry that owned restaurants or cafes or bars That are not able to reopen because their finances aren't there and i'm looking at their locations is what i'm interested in and then i'm going to encourage them to stay open by buying into their businesses and helping them get back to a financial healthy position so they can stay open and stay partnered in so they don't have to lose their job and lose their income and lose their dream probably will change the formats because if they're not reopening it means their format probably sucked their food sucked or their concept sucked, or their decoration sucked, something sucked, or their marketing sucked, something sucked that kept them from being successful. But if their locations are good, in places I want to be, then I am looking to buy into their business. So, oh my God, I had this, I had this little cafe right on Main Street. You know, I just can't afford it. The rent too, was too high. I'm too backed up with my bills. I owed everybody money when this happened. It was already the slow season. I'm not going to survive. Do you want to survive? or Are you still passionate about this? Do you still want to run a restaurant because I need a partner who can operate? Well, I can pay the money to get you caught up on your rent. I will bring my lawyer in and negotiate with your landlord and get that rent cut in half. We will carve a new deal out and I will put some inject some working capital into your business so that we can afford to get the bills and get the business healthy and get it on its feet. Now we're going to rebrand and change the format and bring a contractor in and do some painting and wallpapering and redecorate and retheme the place and update the menu and get some better cocktails on the menu. And with a little 30 to 45 day flip, you've got a brand new business, you've got an operator who was decimated and thought his life was over and now is back in business with a new partner, AKA me. So that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna be reverse flipping businesses on this. I'm gonna be looking for the people who have been trampled by this and stepping in to help them survive, okay? So that's what I'm personally doing and opening some new concepts, but I'm gonna be benefiting and banking on the fact that the real estate market is fucking decimated, okay, for for commercial leases. And I know no matter what these landlords say, they're full of shit, there isn't gonna be any boom in retail, there isn't gonna be any boom in office space rental, and there certainly isn't gonna be any boom in bars and restaurants because I am the minority, okay? There's not gonna to be too many people trying to do what I'm doing, trying to go around and buy into bars and restaurants in an industry that has been crushed and trampled they're going to be looking to get the fuck away from bars and restaurants so it's going to be a hard sell but there will be a handful of other people like me that are going to be out there trying to still be in that you know that hospitality space and the people that are are going to win big okay other big winners in this just some quick advice i don't really play stock market but in this case yes amc theaters don't count them out if you think that this is the end of the movies you are upside down and backwards my friends This is not the end of the movies. Keep an eye on AMC. Someone's going to come in and buy that company, mark my words, or bail them out. A big boy. Apple. I heard something about Amazon, so I can't predict that like I made it up, but I did say Amazon back in February um, when this was all first starting to happen. AMC was putting up bad numbers before that, but AMC is going to be fucking fine because Apple or Amazon or one of these other giant retailers or brands is going to invest or buy into that, flip the format into like, you know, a total like... 360 experience sign you know uh sound sight smell feel taste touch movies are going to change they're going to grow be a more interactive experience but amc's not out and live nation if you ever wanted to buy stock in live touring or entertainment live nation aeg the the big concert companies Now is the time, my friends, because this is about as low as it's ever going to be. And if you don't think that concerts and live entertainment are going to make a full comeback with a gigantic surge in the next two and a half years, you're crazy. Totally is. I know this and I put my own money into it. So that's a couple other quick pieces of advice. But how do we, I want to wrap this up because it's getting long and I I spent a lot of time focusing on the landlord thing, but I want you guys to understand why this benefits you. You need to understand what's going on to understand why now is the time now is the time maybe not today <laughs> so when i say now i mean between right now and the next 120 days so be the summer basically between june 1st to september 1st now is the time to invest into real estate leases commercial leases if you ever wanted to open a business and you needed a lease to do it or you want to expand your business now is the time And if you don't feel comfortable negotiating, get a good negotiator, a lawyer, or somebody to do it for you. Somebody who can bang you up a great deal in real estate because now is the time where you're gonna get spaces for half or less than half of their current published value because landlords are in a position of desperation. So you are gonna be able to clean up, my friends. You are literally gonna be able to get the best deals of your life, so that's one. The other side we talked about was certain industries are going to thrive. Certain industries are going to thrive. Yes, 100%. We talked about some of the service industries are going to thrive, okay? Some of the industries that are just going to come back in basic service industry, I also own a beauty parlor. I own a a salon and and spa. And so I'm 100% sure that my salon and spa is going to put up big numbers once we reopen. That's a little bit sketchy because it's very close personal touching with the virus and all that stuff. That's one that's got hit hard. But I know we're going to come back. I would tell you again, if you ever had... If you're in the beauty field and you ever had a dream of opening your own salon or spa, now is the time. Don't think about this as now is the worst time. See, that, that's the backwards thinking. Remember when I said at the very beginning of this podcast, for those who can see the opportunities, if you can see the opportunities, then you're gonna be able to thrive in this market, but you have to be able to see the opportunity, okay? And right now is the opportunity because you or other people think that it's the wrong time to invest in these things that it would be a fool's errand to invest in hospitality or to invest in a salon at a time when these industries are closed this is exactly the time to invest in these things because you're going to be able to spend 50 cents on the dollar of what you would have spent to invest or open something like this a year ago because rents are lower products are going to be so many deals on products that half of these companies aren't selling products you know all the chemicals and shit that we buy for like processing hair And, you know, skincare and all that kind of stuff. All the shit that we use, those companies aren't selling shit because all of the salons they sell to are fucking closed. There are so many deals being thrown at me right now from our providers. And people, you know, there's unbelievable deals. (laughs) You're buying hair dye at 50 cents on the dollar. You know, you're buying hair color and different things at, you know, such ridiculously low prices. This is industry wide. So now is the time to invest in those ideas. In the beauty world to open salons and spas yes now is the time because if you start today you're not going to be open for three or four months anyway that gives you three or four months more lead time into the coronavirus for it to be under control this thing ends no matter what inside of a year it does i don't think it lasts a year i don't think we're going to get a second wave I don't I think a lot of this is propaganda. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it's the coronavirus is is SARS. SARS COVID-1 did not come back. It was not seasonal. It popped up for a few months in China. It popped up in uh, in Canada. We had some cases in the United States back in 2003, and then the summer months came and the fucking thing disappeared and it was never seen again. Since 2003 we've never had it. I have no reason to believe that this isn't going to be similar to that because it's a similar virus. But regardless, they're working on vaccines, they're working on mitigation. Blah 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 blah. This isn't gonna last that long, guys. As I'm saying, like worst case scenario, it goes a year. I don't think it goes a year. <clears throat> I don't think it goes into next winter. I think we're at the end of it already. I think we're watching the numbers go down, down, down. There, but regardless, I'm not a fucking scientist. That's not what this podcast is about. Okay, regardless of that, this is almost over. Okay, it is, and life's gonna return. So at whatever point it returns, you will be ready. So invest while the investing is good. Get into the industry. Whatever you have passion about, now is the time to do it. If you can see the opportunities, now is the time to seize on those opportunities. I see the opportunities for more restaurants, more cafes, more ice cream shops, more ideas, more opportunities. Even though I'm opening new ice cream shops, even though today people can't gather at my ice cream shop, that's okay. I'm opening it with the business model of intentionally knowing that it's going to be curbside or delivery or pickup only until people can come inside again. And it might remain that way even because people might not feel comfortable coming inside for a while. I'm okay with that because I'm cutting deals that are competitive enough that it's not gonna affect me in any kind of a negative way. You see what I'm saying? The deals that I'm cutting are competitive enough that it's not gonna matter because I'm paying half the rent I should pay. I'm paying, getting huge deals and discounts on the products that I'm using, etc., cetera, et cetera. So with all that in mind, okay, with all those things in mind, see the opportunities in front of you coronavirus i said at the beginning was a motherfucker it was bad news it was a decimator it's yes it's all these things but if you're not the type of person to sit back and wait for shit to happen if you're a go-getter if you really are an entrepreneur or you think you are you want to be one this is the time to double down oh and like i said you don't have to have money okay if you don't have a nickel in your pocket that's okay There's still a million opportunities. If you have a skill set, if you have an idea, you can get involved. This is also a great time to group up with other people. Look, everybody's home, guys. Everybody's home, okay? Everybody's listening right now. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's checking their email and their text messages. If you don't even know anybody personally, put it up on a a group and put it up on Facebook. Tag a friend that would be interested in opening a cafe. I'm trying to get some people together to open something or a salon or whatever the fuck you're interested in doing. A recording studio. I don't give a fuck what it is, man. Whatever your idea is, just group. Group people together. There's strength in numbers. There's a lot of ways to do it. And I'm always available to you guys. You know my preferred platform is Instagram. At The Real Zach If you message me, I will respond. That's the way it works. I'm always here to give advice. Free, of course. I'm always here to try to help anybody I can. If it takes me a few minutes to get back to you, I apologize. I have been getting bombarded with uh, requests during this time, as you can imagine. But... I'm here. That's the point. I'm here to help. All right. It was 41 and a half minutes of me drilling opportunity into your head. Coronavirus is not the death sentence. I don't mean that uh, in a disrespectful way. It was a death sentence for over 100,000 people, but it's not a death sentence for business and it's not a death sentence for your career and it's not a death sentence for opportunity. It is actually an opportunity creator. Don't look at this on the negative. Flip that shit. That's what this podcast is about. That's what I'm about. Life has given us lemons. Let's go fucking make lemonade with that shit, okay? Guys, thanks for listening. I'm gonna be back for more Daily Gold and also Recomposer, which is my guest format podcast. You heard about it at the beginning in the little blurb. It's where I host guests. I don't host guests on Daily Gold, I host guests on Recomposer. It's a different format, it's usually about a half hour, and it's success stories and people, and they share their struggle. They share their advice on how you can achieve what you're trying to do. I've had some great guests on over the last uh, five weeks. Uh, major entrepreneurs, business owners, attorneys, all different kinds of people. You should check it out. Thanks, guys. Bye.